Welcome to 3Talk, coaching conversations for modern day living. With backgrounds in business, marketing and teaching, Susie, Lucia and Fleur bring you tips and tools to help you live the life you want to live. 3Talk, transforming lives for the better. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of 3Talk. Although we are very happy to say that from now on and for a little while, it's going to be 2Talk because Susie has gone off to have a lovely baby. So from here, we are wishing her the very, very best in this time and enjoy her lovely newborn. And we hope to have her back as soon as possible. So from now, it's going to be Fleur and myself, Lucia. And today we're going to be talking about emotional freedom. But before you start scratching your heads thinking, what on earth is emotional freedom? Let me give you a description given by Dr. Judith Orloff who has researched and written at length about this topic and describes emotional freedom as liberating yourself from negative emotions. Turn away from negativity, react constructively and seize command in any situation. In other words, emotional freedom doesn't mean not caring or giving up. It means adjusting your focus and attention and choosing how and what you care about. It's also about taking perceptions, assumptions out of the equation and seek facts and realistic demonstrable evidence. It's about isolating the challenge, situation or period and avoiding false statements. I know this is easier said than done, but hopefully we can provide a bit more clarity today on what does it take to remove the emotion from the situation so you can regain your freedom. What would you say, Fleur? Have you had any experiences where you were judging a person or situation based on your personal baggage? Oh, Lucia, this is uh, one for all of us, isn't it? I mean, there's always going to be negative emotions because we are human and we have various feelings from happiness, which is positive, to negative feelings. But these negative feelings obviously don't serve us. I remember when I first wanted to start a new career coaching I had identified with being a good teacher it was bringing up negative emotions I felt guilty about changing career which brought up anxious thoughts and to avoid feeling anxious I had to keep telling myself why I was doing this and it was normal to have these feelings because I think if you let those anxious and negative feelings get in the way they can make your life smaller because you don't ever try and do anything new you never come out of your comfort zone and you start feeling less alive and this can lead to great unhappiness even depression have you experienced anything like that Lucia oh god I, I, absolutely I think as you were saying is is one for all I I think we all have have our emotional baggage attached to every situation and moments in our lives where this negative thinking stops us from doing what we really want to do. And it does, as you said, and I think is one of the key points that this negative emotion can bring to the party. It creates anxiety. It also creates stress and, and you know, overall discomfort. So it definitely is something that can be paralyzing and stop you from doing and living the life that you want to live. Uh, but before we get into a quick five-step 
process, and I say quick, it's quick to run it through, but it will be a bit more lengthy to implement it. I just wanted to flag that there will be situations where this stress or this anxiety will kick in and it will be a bit less uncontrollable. So for those moments, there are some stress relievers out there that you can get hold of. And it's like, you know, all natural plant-based like valerian, lavender, chamomile, but also some tools which we have spoken about in this podcast before. So meditation, definitely one to get running. And talking about running, exercise is also a very good stress reliever. So before you get overwhelmed by the situation and you feel that anxiety and stress keeping in, those are some sort of quick fixes that you can put in place to help you calm down and regain control of the situation almost immediately. My favorites, as you know, if you've been listening, is um, meditation and exercise is a great way of relieving that stress in your body, getting you out of your mind and helping you to think clearer. There's been other situations in my life like not being able to accept criticism that's brought up frustration and maybe a little bit of um, anger and not being kind to myself. And the way I've learned to deal with that is only consider people's opinions if it was someone I respected. Otherwise, let it go. A good general rule is don't take personally, even if it's meant personally. And I like what the Dalai Lama said, sometimes silence is the best answer. So graciously let spiky comments just pass. I'm sure there's been times in your career and relationships, Lucia, where you've also found that criticism can bring up those negative emotions. It does. And is a big trigger. I have had moments in my life where something that it was completely removed from the person triggered it has triggered a bad emotion in me and the thing that I have done in, in the past and this brings me to this first step in, in the five-step process which is practice mindfulness so bringing awareness to these feelings and do not try and to not feel them um, so on the contrary it's actually about letting them unleash and however they come. So if it's sadness, just cry for as long as you need to. If it's anger, scream and scream as loud as you need to. But let the feeling run its course because only when the feeling is done and you understand what it means, you'll be able to control it. So that's, for example, what I have done in these occasions in the past where I was seeing a feeling sort of brewing instead of like trying to stop myself and saying, no, I'm not going to get angry now. I actually let it go. I, I let the anger kind of happen and then I analyzed what was happening in there. Yeah, breathing can be a great one for that as well. I like the analogy, smell the flower and blow the bubbles. That's kind of a way of um, releasing those kind of pent up feelings quite quickly. And the second part of this process is ownership, understanding why you do it. So what's the source of the motion? It can be a past experience that's left you dented. So investigate your past and see what's happened that might be having a knock effect on today's living. Maybe someone told you could not do something or an event happened that has led you to believe that a situation will repeat itself. Yes, exactly. And I think, uh, you know, the, the two of them are very much interlinked. So obviously, once you are aware of the feeling that is popping up, 
kind of stopping and understanding why you are feeling that becomes much easier because, you know, as I was saying in this example, for example, I used to get angry at my partner whenever he wanted to go out and have a drink on a weekday. And I was here having to look after the kids. And the poor thing had nothing to do with my reaction to that. All that it was is that I also wanted to go out and, and have a drink occasionally, but I haven't even communicated this to him. So I was bringing to the table all my attachments, all my emotions, like, you know, all my thinking that I also deserve to have a night out and yada, yada, yada. But he wasn't even aware of that. So it was only when I understood why that was happening and why I was getting angry at him that I was able to kind of control that situation and start shifting my thinking towards a more positive one saying, look, if I want to do it, he also wants to do it. We are both entitled to do it. Yes, I think you've hit a really important point there is this communication. If we don't communicate, we often can keep it inside. And if we don't communicate, how can our relationships get better? Because people aren't understanding what we're feeling and how we are processing our feelings. And when we do have those conversations, we can process them. Long as people are on the same page as you, I think both people have to come to the party wanting to help each other. And that comes from a loving place. When you love someone and you're connected to someone, it is easier to be open and honest, maybe than with someone like a colleague at work. But I do think the communication is key. Communication, pretty much on everything we do, is one of the key points. But I would also say that, you know, obviously when the situation involves someone you love, absolutely, you kind of want it to work even more. But these are applicable pretty much. These apply everywhere, really. You don't need to be in front of a loved one to lose control or to let your feelings kind of take the driver's seat. So, you know, I would say in whichever situation you are, this five-step process is absolutely usable. So bringing it back to the third point of the step process, which is the needs check. And this is about understanding how your needs and desires are not being met what is failing in the process, the, the situation or, or person that is making you feel like your needs and requirements are not satisfied. And you should be doing that from a fact-based experience versus the assumption and perception. So again, even though at times it may feel difficult because emotions will take control, try and remain as neutral as possible. Start looking at the facts of what has happened or what has been said and remove emotional connotations like, I think this means. Stick to what was said and look at what means in that context. Stop building up on that because that's going to be one of the key things to help you see and understand the situation for what it is, that and for what you think it is. Stopping and reflecting about what's making you feel a certain way. I found that I was getting easily frustrated because I like to succeed and I like to succeed now. And I had to reevaluate that feeling. If it was making me feel like that, then I needed to slow down and trust the process. I like uh, Olive's um, spiritual teacher said to her, 
um, to re- reminded her of the plant flourishing in a small pot will die if put into a large plant pot too soon. So it's just reminding to the, trust the flow, pacing ourselves and building on the good instead of, you know, going, oh, this is not happening fast enough. Why is it not happening? I'm not good enough. So kind of that self-sabotage, not being kind to yourself. It's more appealing to encourage yourself than to pressure yourself to do things. It's like swimming against a mighty ocean. If you're swimming against the current, you know how exhausting you'd become. It's the same as when um, you fight the flow of life. So sometimes we do need to just slow down and acknowledge our thinking and our feelings and not want to have everything right now, which unfortunately is is more paramount in our day and age. We're so used to clicking for Amazon, getting the food quickly, clicking on a, a movie and getting one we want to watch straight away. Everything is very, very instantaneous. We're not used to delaying that gratification and that can cause negative emotions. Yeah, and I I agree. And I would say that, you know, uh, have this as your mantra. It may be not what you want, but it is what you need. So everything that will happen to you, it probably is going to happen for a reason. And there is a lesson to be learned from this challenge. So again, when you come at these situations, try and do it from this perspective. Yes, it's going to be challenging. Yes, you do not want to do it. But let's ride the wave and let's see what it gets you because I am sure that you're going to have a magnificent learning after that. And you will probably get to the place that you want to be in a much more confident and successful way than if you were to do it, if you were taking that highway towards the point where you want to be. And this brings me to the fourth point, which is about being self-centered. So it's a start to shift the focus towards caring for yourself in the sense that you need to, as I was saying, see the situation for the learning and understand what is the outcome that you want to take out of this situation and how are you going to make your your needs and desires that we were talking about earlier be honored and also how can you make the other person see this? Because again, it might be a challenging moment right now, but A, it is not going to be forever and B, you are where you are right now. So let's start seeing the positive sides of it or the ways in which you can learn from it, again, from a factual perspective rather than this emotional perspective. Yes, it leads into very well to the last part of the process, hope. Embracing hopeful thoughts instead of coming to a situation expecting the worst, come to it with no expectations. Take it for what it is, see what you like and what you don't like. So be pragmatic about your decisions and assess the situation rather than judge the situation. When we hope, we allow chance and possibility and positivity to be part of the equation, which always leads to more doors opening and more positive emotions. So wherever you're striving to, you're doing it in a positive, hopeful, happy way instead of a way that you're feeling that's like you've got an anchor on your foot dragging you back down. So trying to do it from that hopeful, positive light. That is one of my favorite parts of the process. And I particularly love the fact about managing expectations because we all have it. And that links back to that personal baggage. We all expect 
something out of a situation or out of a person. And we normally do it a bit selfishly, really. We come at it from what we are seeing. So I think what this is teaching us, this whole process, is to become more aware, A, of us and understand what is happening within us. Just as a final little bit of information, there's a really useful book called Guilt, Shame, Anxiety, Understanding and Overcoming Negative Emotions by Peter R. Bregan, B-R-E-G-G-I-N. And I would recommend you read it and it will be more helpful in digging deeper into how you can let go of those negative emotions. Thank you, Flair. That was a very useful shout out. I will make sure that we add this to the notes in the episode so you are finding this book easily without having to stop to listening, especially if you are driving. So for today's episode recap, first, let us say negative feelings are human and it is okay to have them and feel them. But it's also important to understand that they can make your life smaller or less alive. And there are some tools like meditation and exercise that can help you deal with these feelings and can have an immediate effect. So it's great to practice them in these so-called emergency times. But in order to be truly able to regain this emotional freedom, we need to be working on managing our expectations, looking out for our personal baggage, and seeing what are we really bringing to the table and what is the reality. And for doing so, we have given you a five-step process that can help you identify them and correct them. So the first one of these is mindfulness, with the understanding of mindfulness being to stop and let the feeling run its course. So allow the feeling to be felt and understand why it has to happen instead of suppressing it. Second one being ownership. So stop again and understand why the emotion is happening. And this is about digging into the source. And it's also a key part of this is about communication. So communicate, process the emotion, share the emotion, and be able to tell your partner, your friends, your family, the person that you are liaising with, what are you feeling and why is it important for you? Third step is needs check. So this is about understanding what you need and what is not being honored or recognized, but it is about basing it on facts, not assumptions. So focus on what it is, what was said, what happened, not what you think or you understood to have been said or happening. It is about facts. Fourth step is about self-centered. So this means shifting the focus towards caring for yourself. So what is that you need in the situation to be? What is the outcome that you were after? Because once you know what you want and why it matters, then you can start communicating this better and helping others understand why it's important for you. And the last one, the fifth step is about hope. And this is about assessing the situation, not judging the situation. It's about letting the chance to be part of the process and maybe realizing that, yes, you were coming to the situation, the problem or the challenge with a certain behavior or attachment that perhaps might not be the reality of what had happened. So 
allow the hope of that mistake to be made and to start opening the door to some of the things happening and get a bit more positivity into this thinking. So this is it for today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us and see you next week.